0: lesson today
1: is for church leaders amen Amen. if you're not a church leader just be grateful that you're here amen when you sent when you get to be sent out as a church leader your disciple is not with you he's not there to hold your hand he's not there to give you uh, a hug. You're there by yourself." And the title that's been given to me is "Powerful in Speech and Action." Amen? Obviously it comes from Moses. Moses was powerful
0: in speech and action." Let's go to uh, Acts chapter seven. Go to Acts seven, in verse twenty. Bible reads. Says at that time Moses was born,
1: and he was no ordinary child. For three months he was cared for by his family. When he was placed outside, Pharaoh's daughter took him and brought him up as her own son. Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech. And action, amen. So when Moses grew up, he was powerful. He grew up with all the education of the Israelites. He was forty years old, and he was already powerful in speech and action, amen. But what happened right after? Let's read. Let's read what happened. He was powerful in speech and action in verse 22. Now verse 23. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his own people, the Israelites. He saw that one of them being mistreated by an Egyptian. So he went to his defense and avenged them by killing him, by killing the Egyptian. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was uh, uh, using him to rescue them. But they did not. The next day, Moses came upon two Israelites who were fighting he tried to reconcile them by saying, men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? But the man who was mistreating the other pushed Moses aside and said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, he fled to Midian where he settled as a foreigner and had two sons. He fled for 40 years. Moses failed at this point. I have seven short points for you as a church leader that are very important for you to understand as you build your church, especially when you are alone. I'm thinking of the Colbys of the world, amen? The the Luke Snows of the world. I'm thinking those that are gonna be alone, amen? I have seven short points, especially for you. Number one, the test of initial failure. When you embark on a great thing for God, when you start a church, when you are doing God's will, Satan will oppose you. And sometimes you will get initial failure. Here Moses had initial failure. That failure lasted 40 years too long. Amen? But he repented afterwards. Amen? But... As you encounter your ministry, you will have initial failure. It actually happened to Moses twice. Let's go to Exodus 5. When he repented, when he went to Egypt to flee the Israelites, something interesting happens. The Pharaoh does not make the work easier for the Israelites. He makes it much harder.
0: In Exodus chapter 5, in verse verse 17, amen, it says, Pharaoh said,
1: lazy, that's what you are, lazy. That is what you keep saying, let us go to sacrifice to the Lord. Now get to work. You will not be giving any straw, yet you must produce your full quota of bricks. When the Israelites, when the Israelite overseers realized they were in trouble, when they were told, you are not to reduce the number of bricks required for each, uh, for you for each day, when they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting for, to meet them. And they said, may the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made a, us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials. and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. Moses returned to the Lord and said, look, he's not fired up at all. Look what he says. Why, Lord, have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Is this why you sent me, Lord, to fail? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not
0: rescued your people at all. Moses had an initial failure even here.
1: The interesting thing is that here, it didn't take him 40 years, amen? He repented right away. In your ministries, you're gonna have times that you will have failure what do you have to do you have to stand up right away man you can't stay down in fact um, a famous preacher kit mckean said that in your ministry even if you have your own ministry you have to revive your ministry two to three times a year about two to three times a year you have to revise revise your ministry you have to revive it because it will have failure So one of the key ingredients as a church leader is to understand this concept. You will have failure. The key is not to get down. The key is to stand up and do great things for God. Amen? When we got to Sao Paulo, uh, it took us five months to baptize the first USPI student. Five months! But then we had over 100 baptisms in USPI. Amen? Seven evangelists were raised up, and hopefully an eighth one with uh, P.I. there in the future, amen? Gustavo P.I., and, uh, and six women ministry leaders, amen, from that campus. Why did that happen? Because we did not give in to initial failure. That's why it happened. Some of you are weak emotionally as leaders. You're weak because you get down when things are bad. You get down when you don't have baptisms. You get down when your disciple rebukes you. You should get fired up. I teach this in in my churches that I lead. When your ministry is going well, you are medium level fired up. Not too fired up, like, like medium level fired up. When things are going bad in your ministry, that's when you get super fired up for God. It's insanity to think like this. It's insane. But, but, it, but it's God's way of thinking. The tail doesn't wag the dog. The dog wags the tail. Amen? And you cannot be so weak emotionally to get down, to get emotional, to get sad. Uh, why? Because at the end of the day, your joy does not come from your ministry. Yes, there's joy in heaven with every baptism. Amen? My joy doesn't come from my ministry. My joy doesn't come from Kip's opinion of me. My joy doesn't come from anybody's opinion of me. My joy comes from my God, amen? And, and some of you are so worried about opinions, what people think about you. I'm, I'm humble, uh, and, I'm, uh, and I want to obey, and I want to submit to everything that my disciple tells me, amen? But my joy doesn't come from a man. It comes from God comes from God Habakkuk 3 says that though the there are no sheep in the pen though there are no cattle in the stalls yet I will rejoice in the Lord my God and my Savior if you get one thing from the sermon get this when your ministry is doing bad get more fired up when your ministry is doing good eh, be medium level fired up amen that will change your ministry amen I want to give you practicals, amen? Uh, point number two, let's,
0: let's go quickly here. Uh, let's go to Exodus 3. Here, Moses gives uh, five ex- excuses. Um,
1: in, in Exodus chapter 3, in verse 10, well, we probably got to start in verse 7. Um, let's start in verse 7. It says, Exodus 3:7: The Lord said, I have indeed seen the mystery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. So, okay, guys, think about that scripture. Verse 8. Who's going to save the Israelites? Who's going to save them? What does it say? God, right? God says, I have seen the misery of my people, and I am going to save them. Isn't that great? God, God is going to save the world. But how? How does God do that? Verse 9, it says, And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing me. So now, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Most truth, truths in the Bible, at, at its core level, are dichotomies or paradoxes. The the a uh, paradox is a truth is when you get two opposing truths and then you form a third truth. Uh, that's what much, most biblical principles stem from that concept. So here we say that God was going to save the Israelites, right? But how? Through Moses. Through Moses. So God wants to save this world, amen? But he will only save it through people because that's how he has decided to operate. Now God can operate differently. He can decide to bring an angel and save people but that's not the way he operates. God has decided to operate through people. So don't be fooled by the saying, oh God is going to do it. God is not going to do it. God is going to do it through you, amen? If you do nothing, God does nothing. Because that's the way he has decided to operate in this world. Now, God can do anything. He spoke the universe in six days. Amen? Um, So God can do whatever he wants. But saving souls, he has decided to operate through people. Amen? So, amen, that was extra point. Number two, uh, the excuses in verse uh, 10, uh, verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I? Then I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign that, that it is you, who, that I, it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship on this
0: mountain. Interesting. Moses says, who am I to bring the people out of Egypt? And God
1: says, you know what? I am with you. I am with you. Second test, the test of insecurity. Church leaders go through this all the time. The test of insecurity. Moses was insecure. Who am I? God just told you who you were. God just told you in two verses before that you were his instrument to save souls in this world, to save the Israelites physically from the Egyptians. What is the test of insecurity? You have to look at yourself the way God sees you. That's one of the biggest challenges in life. That's one of the biggest challenges as a human being, is to look at yourself, to view yourself the way God views you. God thinks you're awesome. God thinks you're special. God thinks you're an amazing disciple. You have to view yourself that way. A lot of us have a very... Bad view of ourselves. I can't do it. I can't do it. That's why you don't do it. Because you think you can't do it. As Kip has preached many times, he says you have to have faith in God. But check this out: faith in yourself. The test of insecurity is you gotta have faith in yourself. Not because you're great, not because you're awesome, but because God thinks that you are awesome. Amen. The test of insecurity, the challenge. Look at yourself
0: the way God sees you. I think when God from heaven looks at me, he thinks, I like I,
1: hes I don't think he only says that he loves me. I think I like him. I think he's cool. Yeah, I'm going to disciple him. Yeah, I'm going to discipline him here there. But I know God loves me. That's my security. I, I know God likes me. He likes to be with me. Amen. And, and, and for some of us, that's a hard concept to accept. Because maybe you're in sin. We'll talk about it later. Or, or because you just have such, a, such an insecure view of yourself. If we were secure, all of us here, what will be? Church leaders, amen? And that's a point. Point number three, real quick. Let's go. Verse 13. Moses said to God, suppose? I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. That is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to
0: you. Interestingly, it's very interesting. Moses says, if they ask me, what is your name?
1: He didn't know God's name. Yeah, he tells them, I am who I am, the the, 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 the Yes, there was no vowels in, in the language. But, uh, so we don't know if it's Jehovah, Yahweh. But, but the whole point is this.
0: He didn't know God's name. Why? He was a follower. He, fa- he had fallen away from God. If you don't know God's name, you're a follower.
1: Moses had fallen away. Every Jew knew God's name. What's the third point? The test of your relationship with God. The test to know God. He forgot God's name.
0: This is where we need to fall in love with the Bible and to fall in love with prayer. Uh, One
1: of the biggest joys of my life is the Word of God. I love reading the Bible. I love getting in the Bible, reading it, learning every day. Uh, I've been a disciple 25 years, and I've heard the Bible 24 times, and one time as a non Christian. And and I just love the Word of God. Every time, the the Bible is not like any other book. Uh, I've read many, 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 many books. You can call me like an avid reader. Uh, I read a lot, Uh, perhaps more than most, But, but that's not the point. The point is that I read so much that it, it, it magnifies the bible for me the bible is amazing guys uh every time you read it the holy spirit hits you in a slightly different way and and, and one of three things happens either you learn something new you get a new angle on something you already knew or you learn something that you forgot because you forget things amen that is the awesome thing about the bible uh john already talked about prayer but but the bible We need to fall in love with our relationship with God, which includes the Bible and prayer, amen? (laughs) Point number four for young church leaders. Let's go to uh, Exodus 4, 1 to 7. It says, Moses answered, what if you do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, 'What, what, what is that in your hand? What do you have in your hand? You're old, you need a staff, right? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became what? A snake. He ran, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out his, and, took a, and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand.
0: And he did another miracle. But what is the point here? The test of lack of faith.
1: See, God says, they're going to believe you. You have my power. You have my power. Because you have my power, you don't have to doubt. You don't have to doubt because God is with you. The test of lack of faith. Moses said, Moses didn't believe. He goes, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't believe me? What if I go to that city and preach and people don't get baptized? There'll be times that people will not get baptized. But we already saw the point of initial failure, amen? The point here
0: is that we need to have faith. How do you get faith? It's a paradox. Yes, to the message. But in the context of here, it's through your weakness. What was his weakness?
1: He was old and he needed what to walk. God used his weakness, which was a staff. To become an instrument to do miracles. Spiritually speaking, you can gain strength from weakness. Your staff, Moses' staff was needed because he couldn't walk well. If not, he wouldn't have had a staff. But that became the instrument of miracles. God can use your weaknesses and make them into strength. Amen? Amen. Anything you have, God can make a strength. Every year, you should be changing. Every year, you should be different as a disciple. What I like to do is I like to challenge myself in one area
0: every year. One area, one year was, okay, this is the year of me working out. So, that was
1: when I turned 40, amen? Uh, Another year, okay, I'm going to read 100 books a year, Okay. I've kept that up since uh, 2016. Amen? Uh, another year, it was, OK, this is the year that I'm going to learn to song lead. And, and I became a bottom of the line song leader. But I know how to lead songs. Amen? If I can. Amen. I just wanted to lead songs. I don't have the voice of Andrew, but I, I wanted to sing. Amen? Uh,
0: and this year, it was a year of diet. Of my diet. I started keto intermittent
1: fasting. I'm about six foot, you know, 5'11, six foot, with shoes on six foot, amen? <laughs> so I am six feet tall with shoes, amen? And uh, so I started intermittent, uh, I started getting a little tingling on my toes. Uh, that's perith- peripheral neuropathy. That's, uh, that's a sign of high blood sugar in most people. It could be signs of other things. But I go, okay, either I'm gonna take care of my health, or I'm gonna take care of a disease. What, what do I do? Let, let me choose here. I go, maybe my health is better. And uh, okay, so I got radical. I got radical. I, went, I, I, I do keto and intermittent fasting, and I know everybody doesn't, doesn't, you don't have to do my diet, but I went down from 205 to 170. I'm 170 pounds. I weigh less than what I weighed in high school. I graduated high school at 175. I'm 170. And I feel great. Now, it's hard. Diet is hard. It's hard. Intermittent fasting is hard. But that's what i chose chosen to do for my life. Amen? So it's important. Take your weakness. What was my weakness? I have a diabetic family. That was my weakness. Genetically, all my family is diabetic. So I go, okay, so I'm more more than likely going to be diabetic. I'm going to try to stop it if I can, amen? So I made my weakness a strength. I don't say it because I'm great. I'm a sinner. But I'm telling you because you can do exactly the same thing in your life, amen? You just have to overcome your lack of faith. Use your weakness and make that a strength. Point number five, young church leaders. In
0: Exodus 4, verse 10, let's go. You guys with me? This is ridiculous here, verse 10. Um, Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord.
1: I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since. I have spoken to your servant. I am slow
0: of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, "Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them
1: deaf or mute? It's good that God is having a rhetorical question. Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. You're getting tired. Go. I will help you speak, and you will teach, and, and you will teach." and will teach you what to say.
0: What happened here? Moses is giving another excuse. And he's saying, you know what? Uh, I was never eloquent. What about Acts 7? What about Acts 7,
1: where it says that you were, you were powerful in speech and action? Powerful in speech and action is referring to Moses before before he went to Egypt. It's not referring to him after. So he lied.
0: He lied. He lied so much that he believed the lie. He was self-deceived. He was self-deceived. There comes a point that you lie so much that you believe it. This is the test of lies. Or self-lies. The test of lies. You lie so much, you believe
1: it. Moses will fall away. He got restored here, amen, in this chapter 3 and 4. He gets restored. Chapter 4, amen. God gets upset at him after. We'll read that later. But the point here is that we can come to a point where we, when we lie to ourselves and we believe it. We lie that we cannot change our impurity. Sexual sin. It's unacceptable for brothers to masturbate.
0: It's unacceptable for brothers to watch pornography. Now, we're patient.
1: God is patient. Amen? But if you're in the sin of pornography, masturbation, you will not be a good church leader. You will not be a good church leader for long because your sin will catch up to you. The Bible says that some sins trail behind you. Some sins are ahead of you. One of the most important things as men is to be sexually pure. We cannot be impure. We cannot be watching pornography. We cannot be uh, masturbating. Purity. Why be pure? Because you fear God. It has nothing to do with your wife. has nothing to do with being single. It has everything to do with God.
0: Substance abuse. Alcohol abuse. Are you hiding that in your life? If you are, it's going to catch up to you. Are you hiding, are you lying about your wife's sin? Is your
1: wife lying about your sin? See, if you're in in sin as as a husband, you're hurting your wife. And your wife might be, Lying, keeping your secret. Can't do that as a disciple.
0: Are, 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 are you physical? Are you violent? You slap your wife's hand. Are, are, are you, what, what are your secrets? You know your secrets? God knows
1: your secrets. And one day they're going to come out. If they don't come out of this life, they're going to come out in judgment and you will go to hell. It doesn't matter if you're a church leader. You're a disciple first. So when you are leading your church by yourself, it is the easiest time to hide sin. Why? Because you're an expert in discipling. You can diffuse discipling. You talk to your discipler once a week, on the phone, quickly, and, and you can lie. You can lie. You can diffuse it. You can be partially open. But it's going to catch up to you. So I want to encourage you and challenge you with the test of self-lies. Moses lied so much that he believed he wasn't
0: powerful in speech and action. Point number six. Verse 13. Same chapter. Chapter four. Amen? Verse Verse 13 says, but Moses said,
1: pardon your servant. Lord, please send someone else. That was his heart all along. He didn't want to go. Verse 14, verse 14, look what it says. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak. Well, he's already on his way to meet you and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. Here we have the test of excuses in general. He doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go because he's afraid. What is your excuse to not be a church leader? What is your excuse to not raise up and be the man of God he wants you to be? We need all of you to be church leaders. We need every single one of you to raise up in the Lord. Amen? It's so important because if you raise up, we can send you out and you can plant your church and we can give hope to another city and another nation.
0: Last point. Uh, In in Exodus chapter 4, I love this part.
1: In verse 24, we're going to finish with this this, uh, verses here. Verse 24, Exodus 4, 24. It says, At a lodging place on the way,
0: the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. But Zipporah took a flint knife Cut off her son's foreskin and touch Moses' feet with it.
1: Surely you're a bridegroom of blood to me, she said. So the Lord let him alone. And at that time, she said, bridegroom of blood, referring to circumcision. Uh, this is an interesting scripture because God trained Moses here. He overcame his five excuses. And, but he still wasn't, and he was on his way to Egypt. But what happened? God's ghost. You know what? I'm done with it. I mean, he didn't circumcise his son. I mean, okay, angel. The angel of the Lord appears, representing God. Okay, I'm gonna kill you. So, but the wife, the wife, she she sees the angel somehow, some way, and she gets a knife. She man's up, and, and she cuts her son's foreskin, and touches the feet of Moses,
0: and Moses doesn't. Amen. You can be powerful in speech and action, and God can still kill you if you have hidden sin, if you tolerate sin in your life. Moses' sin, it was that he didn't circumcise his son. We are the hope of the world. And I want to encourage you, if you have
1: anything hidden in your life, be open after this sermon. Talk to your discipler, talk to your friends, talk to your peers, but understand one thing. This is, test number seven, It's the test of pride. He was prideful. That's why he hid it. The test of pride. These seven tests are the tests that Moses had to go through. But at the end of the day, what did Moses do? He led the Israelites out of Egypt. He, led, he repented. He had such a great relationship with God that he was able to lead about 2.5 million people out of Egypt. And the Bible says in Hebrews 11:27 27, that he fled Egypt as if he saw him who was invisible. His relationship with God was so good that he saw him who was invisible. The Bible says no one can see God and live. He, th- that sense of seeing was the depth of his relationship with God. He was so close to God as if God walked right next to him. Amen? What want to encourage you. What I want to encourage you to be powerful in speech
0: and action. Follow these seven points, and they will help you as a young church Leader, amen.